0: Good morning. Welcome family. to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you are well this, this morning. Message. Hallelujah. Praise God. Um, Mark and the team, Shelter and the team, thank you so much for, for the way that you guys are serving us in the worship ministry. We really honor that. And yeah, um, Before we continue making disciples, there's, there's an announcement that that we have on for making disciples. Now, for those of you who have been with us for a while, you know that we are a disciple-making church. And uh, we believe very firmly in the value of making disciples for the sake of reaching the world and for the sake of maturing you to the point where you can be become a vessel through which God operates. And we've got training coming up on the 29th of September. And uh, before... I go on. If you're a Connect leader, can you just stand? I just want to commend you. Is it just, just you go? Okay. <laughs> so these are the people that every week open up their homes or make an effort to meet people in some kind of restaurant or some place in order to build foundations, biblical foundations in their lives. They have full-time jobs. They've got. Wives, they've got husbands, demanding husbands and wives and, and children. And yet they take the time because Christ Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples. I just want to honor them this morning. If you will just give them a round of applause for the work that they're doing. <laughs> may be seated. And uh, we, we believe in every minister, every, every believer, a minister. Tell your neighbor, every believer. A minister, not just the pastor. And I'm sure many of us would make disciples if there was a commission attached to it, you know. Like for every disciple you make 1,200 Namibian (laughs) dollars. We would be making disciples. And Jesus said, you cannot serve two masters. Okay, so that's not what the message is about this morning, but... (laughs) For, for you, if you're in a connect, if you're a connect leader, please let's join this training. If you've had it on your heart for a long time, I know there's a couple of us here to, to make disciples. Please join the training to show you how it's simplified. It's not a, a, as big a, a mountain as, as you think. Amen. Amen. So before we go into the Word, we'll just pray and then we'll get going. So Father, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you that you are on the throne. But above all, Father, we pray that you will be on the throne of our hearts. Lord, that it won't just be a concept that God is great, but that he's great enough for me to follow and obey him. And so, Father, we pray this morning as the word goes out, we pray for transformation. We pray that you'll switch on the lights in our minds and hearts, Lord. We'll be able to apply your word in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, uh, last week we started a new series called The Word. And... uh, This series is running over three weeks. It started last week. This is the second segment of it, and it ends next week, uh, divided into three parts, reading the word, Obeying the word and declaring the word. The, the message of last Sunday is already on the podcast. You can get it online. And we spoke specifically concerning the importance of the Bible, the uniqueness of the Bible. Especially for those of us who spend a lot of time uh, getting academic accomplishments. And we've got a master's degree and a PhD and a post-doctorate. And, two, uh, and your name is just like, you know, you already have, in Africa you already have many names, you know. Frederick, John. <laughs> um, or Shili <laughs> or Anguena, and then your surname, and then you still put, you know, PhD, MSc, PhD, you know. And we we have this aspiration to really be fully educated because education brings transformation in society, which is true. And yet we don't spend the same kind of investment in the Word of God. And so we want to spend these next three weeks, or these these three weeks. Really emphasizing the Word of God. Tell your neighbor, did you bring your Bible? I can't see it there. I just see, see a Google. <laughs> and we spoke about how, you know, in the future the Antichrist might delete those apps. So maybe get yourself an <laughs> undeletable Bible. Amen. And so this week we're speaking about obeying the Word. Right. It is really important. You cannot obey what you do not know. So first you have to read the Word. We spoke about the importance of reading the Word in context. We spoke about how the Word of God brings light and life into into your world. And it is so critical that you spend time. We spoke about how Proverbs says, incline your ear to my sayings. Don't just... As as life passes, you happen to come to church and happen to hear a word from God, happen to have a Christian friend, happen to hear uh, a show on TV that speaks on the Word of God. But take deliberate time. Incline your ear to God. Take time out of whatever you're doing because the Word of God is fundamental to your life. Amen. And so this morning we're speaking about the importance of obeying the Word of God. And I hope we'll get through. I'm going to share on five principles as you're engaging the Word of God, that will lead you to a point where you're actually obeying the Word of God. Amen. For some of us, God is a very religious concept. But you must understand that God is not just like an idol. He's not passive. You do what you want. It doesn't affect Him. And whatever He does doesn't affect you. It doesn't work like that. God is alive. And it is, it's strange that I have to say that. But it is because... The the revelation of God has been corrupted since the fall of man. And Jesus had to come and reveal the Father as a very real person. Amen. So when we're talking about the Word of God, we're talking about somebody who speaks to us and expects us to respond to it. Amen. It is not optional. Obeying God is not optional. It is not optional. If you disobey, there are consequences that follow. And you can choose to disobey God, but there are always consequences that will follow. Amen? So the first principle, Lordship. If you are taking notes, number one, the Lordship principle. Consider Acts chapter 2 verse 32. The Apostle Paul. Peter is preaching a message after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And during the message he says, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Christ is Messiah or Savior, right? And if you consider that word there, Lord, it is God. It is on that level, not just religious Lord. When you say, Yes, Lord, or you say to the Lord, No, Lord, which is an oxymoron. All right? When it says, God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ, He is speaking to the Jewish community that believe that there is God and no one else. But Jesus is Lord. Matthew 28. Verse 18 and 19 says, Jesus appears to his disciples and he says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority. Every government on the earth is subject to Jesus. If you have doubts about that, just wait. Just wait. Every government, every home is subject to Jesus. Jesus and you might not be you might not see them being subject now but there will be a day where every man will give account every man will give account every woman will give account amen so god has surely made this jesus who was crucified and is now alive and raised from the dead he is both lord and christ So that's the Lordship principle. If you don't approach the Word of God as the Word of the Lord, you will approach it like you approach all other reference books. I remember when I was being discipled at university, every week I was being discipled by a gentleman who was a physiotherapist. So I would go to his practice during my off period. And he would start going through the one-to-one booklet with me doing foundations. At that time it was the purple book. Doing foundations. And then during that time, I'll share whatever experience or whatever difficulty I might be going through. And then he'll ask me, okay, so what do you think you should do? And on the one occasion, I distinctly remember that I I looked at him and I said, well, the Bible says that blah, 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 blah. And immediately he said, what do you mean, well, the Bible says? And it hit me so hard. I was busy doing. I realized at that very point that the Bible was one of the references. Well the Bible says so-and-so. Then Oprah says so-and-so. Then Madiba says so-and-so. My culture says so-and-so. My evolutionary biology books say so-and-so. Which one will I choose? Hmm. I put the Lord among human beings. I put God's word among the voices of mortal men who have been born in darkness, who know little about what they speak about. And this is what many do, especially if you don't know Jesus, but there are some Christians who have this very approach. They come to you for advice. You tell them, well, the Bible says you need to do this and that. Then they say, okay, thanks. And that okay, thanks means, all right, I've got the information. I'll see how I fit it in to my life. There is a God in heaven hmm, who is Lord. And one of the first chapters in the one-to-one discipleship booklet is Lordship. If you don't have lordship in your life as a believer, you are going to forever begin to misrepresent Christianity. And for those of you who are not saved because, yeah, I've been looking at the Christians and there are very, lots of hypocrites. and all, You don't determine your assessment of Christianity on the basis of the followers of the leader. You determine the, the legitimacy of it, On the basis of the author, Jesus. Don't say, no, because brother so-and-so divorced his wife. Now I'm also not going to follow Jesus. What? You have to look at the leader. That's why Islam falls apart. Where is Muhammad now? How many wives did he not have? How many of them were underage? How was he not enforcing Islam through the sword? I cannot follow a man like that. He needs Jesus as much as I do. This is true. And we must realize, even Buddha, all the other guys, all, all the other guys on that day, uh, I hope you have not followed them, because they will standing, they'll be standing with you in the queue. <laughs> you are thinking in your mind, when I get to the Lord, I'll tell him, No, I, 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 I believed in reincarnation, and I was really denying myself. I was a monk and all of that. And you see, the guys right here next to you, also like shocked. We, we have this sense that we are going to live here forever. Especially in Namibia where the roads are dangerous. You don't know if tomorrow you'll be facing judgment. There is a Lord in heaven. And your heart is the throne room of Jesus. When you receive Christ, you receive Him as Lord. And during the time when the disciples were preaching, the Roman Empire was in charge. That means that there was only one Lord and His name was Caesar. He was God on earth. If you say, no, Jesus is Lord, it's treason. Okay. So, Luke, Luke chapter 6 verse 46 says, And why are you calling me Lord, Lord? and you are not doing the things which i say if you call him lord lord do what he says tell your neighbor just do just do it like that controversial brand just do it so the first principle is the lordship principle you can't go on without this one okay Number two, the encounter principle. We spoke about this last week, about how people can approach the Word of God very academically. And then they, 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 they are critics of the Word. They love the content. They use it as, you know, quotations, you know, in their speeches. But they have no interest in meeting the one who is behind the Word. And in John chapter 5 verse 39, Jesus is speaking with religious people. This, these are the Pharisees, teachers of the religious law. They are at the moment the ones who have received the law from Moses. They are the ones who are portraying and proclaiming who God is. And Jesus speaks to them and says, You study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, Jesus. Yet you refuse to come to me to have." What does it profit you to be in church and you don't want to be born again? You are wasting your life. Because the second God is money, so you might as well spend this time making money. Right? You should be here with every interest to encounter God. With every interest to know God more, to know Jesus more. It cannot be a casual side issue. It's got to be your priority. You were born for this. Amen? So when we are in the Word, we are approaching the Word on the basis of the encounter principle. I'm not just getting scriptures to manipulate my wife so that she can do the clothes on Wednesday. Who is that verse again? Husbands. Husbands. <laughs> Husbands. If, if you are married to someone whose parents were ministers, be careful. <laughs> They have an advantage. You'll be there no uh, and they can even misquote. You won't know. The Bible says you need to, you know. I won't go into details otherwise I'll be quoted in someone's house. (laughs) It's really important that you are approaching the Word of God not to manipulate others. Not to, for yourself to know God. Principle number one, Lordship. Principle number two, Encounter. Don't be deceived. James chapter 1, verse 22 says, Be doers of the word and not hearers of the word only. So let's read there. James chapter 1, verse 22. It says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Every moment you are hearing the word of God and you do not apply it, you you fall into deception. You are willingly, like last week we blindfolded people, you are willingly taking on a blindfold. Look at Geneva and say, are ah, you deceived? <laughs> hmm? You might not be able to see a blindfold on them, but you can see they are not necessarily applying the word of God. It's deception. It says, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and does not." Is, And not a doer. He is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. Pay attention to that one. In a mirror, next principle. Okay? Keep going. And then he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. This is strange. So if I don't apply the Word of God, I'm like someone who looks in the mirror and forgets what he looks like. I know what I look like. Don't I know what I look like? I know, I, I know what I look like. Huh? Okay, let's keep going. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Tell your neighbor if you would only apply the word of God. It would help us Would help us. That issue of yours wouldn't be my issue. (laughs) But I'm here for you, my brother. (laughs) All right? So, lordship principle, encounter principle, and now the mirror principle coming from James, right? Okay. Now, this is the mirror principle. When when (laughs) When you're looking into the Word of God, you're not approaching the Word of God as someone that doesn't have something inside of them. Unless if you're not born again. But if you're born again, you're approaching the Word of God having had been born from the Word. We spoke about that last week. Okay? You're born again, the book of Peter says, of the incorruptible seed of the Word of God that endures forever. So there's someone that you are that you don't know. And much of the way you live your life is because you are ignorant of who you really are. And the Word of God is supposed to give you a perspective that is impossible to gain through the natural senses. So you can only perceive spiritual things through a spiritual mirror. This is the kind of mirror like in that, is it a Disney story or whatever? Mirror, mirror, snow white. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who is the fairest of them all. And then the mirror will talk to you. Right? This is how the word of God operates. I don't know if they got it from the scriptures. but <laughs> And that was an evil mirror. Because I know some people have a mirror at their house that, you know. It's a witchcraft mirror. Anyway. Alright. So the mirror principle. This one here. Okay. You, you're, you're going into the word of God. So that you're able to perceive something. When you perceive something in the Word of God, it begins to affect you. Do you understand? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word. Something happens. The entrance of the Word brings Something happens when you are perceiving the Word. Amen? Many of us, we we are carnal believers, living our lives fully based on the senses. Oh, I, I can't see it. No, I can't hear it. I can't feel it. I can't touch it. Therefore, I can't taste it. And therefore, it is not real or whatever. What. Those realities can be perceived through the senses. But the spiritual realities, which are greater realities, can only be perceived through the mirror. Okay? Consider Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. It says, and we all with unveiled face continually seeing as in a mirror. Another translation says as in a glass. The glory of the Lord are progressively being transformed into his image from one degree degree of glory to even more glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So what he's saying, and previous verses he speaks about Moses, how Moses, his face was shining, and he had to veil his face. But we, with unveiled faces, are beholding God face to face in the mirror to see Jesus in counter-principle. So that as we see him, we are transformed into the same image from one level of glory to another. And this is an ever-increasing glory. That's why if, if you are the same way that you were last year, I know you have not been looking in the mirror. Like MJ sang. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> and so, it is really important that you take time to spend on your own. If your friend is spending time, if your wife or husband is spending time in the Word, that doesn't count for you. They are being transformed into the same image, and you are just like, yes, we are together. <laughs> glory to glory. No. They are transformed glory to glory and you, no glory. Or mini glory. <laughs> but God's plan is not for you to labor and hard and try and make yourself from a cat into a dog. No. His word has in it everything you need to become whatever God has called you to become. Amen? How many of you, when you showed up in first year at the tertiary education, you started having doubts as to whether you will become, yeah, some of us had it, (laughs) uh, as to whether you will become the profession that you are studying. It is on that teacher to teach me. It is on that coach, that mentor to take me there. But I must show up. Because some of us, we are at the mall. (laughs) During the time when we are supposed to be in class, being made into that profession. We apply this principle so well when it comes to our other education. But when it comes to the Word of God, then we say, Oh Lord, I don't know. I've been struggling with this issue for such a long time. I don't know how. Do something, Lord. I know you can do something. He's done something. He sent His Word and healed them. And the Word is available to you. Ask your neighbor, Where's your Bible? Where's your mirror? Have you seen your face today? (laughs) Amen. And what you begin to see will amaze you. The beauty and the glory that you begin to perceive of what Christ has made in you. Go to the next one. Philemon chapter, not chapter. It only has one chapter, so verse 6. That the communication of your faith, communication is koinonia, fellowship workings. That the, the workings and fellowships and operations of your faith may become effectual by acknowledging every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. So your faith begins to operate properly the more aware you are of the good things that God has put in you. But many believers have a very, very empty sense of what God has done in them. They know what God expects of them, but nothing good is in me. When they are standing in the presence of the Lord, they are filled with condemnation, because nothing good... But you have been given birth to by God himself. They are... It says you are a chosen generation. You are a holy nation. You are peculiar people. You are born of God and you are supposed to radiate to the whole universe. The excellencies of God. If you are empty, what will you show the angelic realm? But the church is the ones who carry the deposit. It says we have this glory in jars of clay. So that the excellency is not of ourselves but of God. It says that our abilities and our competencies are of God, meaning He's done something in you, but you don't know. So all your time you spend asking God, asking God to do, do it in me, do it in me. <laughs> he's done it in you. Now study the word. You will begin to discover what is inside of you. The more you discover what is in you, it begins to operate. You've heard the saying, knowledge is power. Yes, power is ability. Knowledge is ability. Lack of knowledge is inability. Lord, I can't. Lord, I can't do this. Lord, I can't. That's inability. What is the issue? Knowledge. Knowledge of what? Of who you are. You have not spent time. You spent time this morning putting on your makeup in the mirror. (laughs) And you are beautiful on the face, but your heart, hush! (laughs) This is the mirror that works the hearts of men. Amen? If you are not born again, this mirror will show you that you are on your way to death and destruction. If you are born again, this mirror will show you how beloved you are. How exceedingly esteemed you are. Where you are seated in heavenly places. Your inheritance jointly with Jesus. But if you are not in the mirror, you will never know. Give us the next one. So the first one, Lordship principle. Second one, Encounter principle. Number three, Mirror principle. Number four, Faith principle. Hebrews 4 verse 12. Now faith, Hebrews Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Faith is the substance of the things that we hope for. It is evidence of things that we cannot see. And it says uh, in Romans, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Okay? Now Hebrews 4 verse verse 2 speaks about the Sabbath rest. It speaks about how Joshua didn't take them into the real rest. It says that they were supposed to go into the promised land, but they died in the wilderness because of unbelief. And it says there still remains a day called today. And the new Joshua, who is Jesus, will take us into that promised land. If we do not harden our hearts like they did in the provocation in the wilderness. Okay, so it says here, Hebrews 4 verse 2. Verse 2, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them in the wilderness. But the word preached to them did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. That means the word of God comes to you. And it says, with the, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, but with the heart man be leaves." So when the word is coming to you, you got to add your faith. Do you understand? When you are in the mirror and it's saying to you, "You, there's something good in you," you can't say, "Oh, no, Lord, no." If <laughs> you say, "No, Lord, no, Lord, you're going to go around Mount Sinai for 40 years." So what you need to do, and it's not just like a passive agreement, when you are believing in faith, it says that you will say the same thing. We also have this spirit of faith that also speaks. We have believed, therefore we have spoken. Okay, and so it's critical as you are in the Word of God, reading the Word of God, that your communication begins to be consistent with the Word of God. This is key. Many of us, we talk inconsistent with the Word of God. It's confession, homologia, saying the same thing. So, you need you, if you're not in the Word, you will talk nonsense. And James says that your life goes in the direction of your mouth. Imagine a nonsense life because of nonsense talking. It doesn't make sense. That's right. And where is your Bible? It's banned in your country? No. It's on your phone. It's uh, on, on your bed cabinet. It's on the dining table. You know that one with the disciples at the last supper that cannot be touched. Right? It's just for decor. Right? and you have the opportunity every time every time even today at, you know at a whim you can go and be in the mirror of god but will you do it no because arsenal is playing <laughs> it's more important to watch arsenal being great than me becoming great myself <laughs> by the way soccer is not It's not that soccer is from the devil. You know, I'm sure God has, you know, soccer players who love him. (laughs) Okay, so principle number one. And it goes for other sports as well. Some of you are like, yeah, (laughs) rugby. First principle, lordship principle. Second principle, encounter principle. Third principle, mirror principle. Fourth principle, faith principle. That one is key. Faith principle is key. Jesus was in his hometown And it says he couldn't do many miracles there because of their unbelief. In the Psalms it says, they limited the Holy One of Israel. Can God be limited? They restrained him. They limited the Holy One of Israel because of their unbelief. Ask your neighbor, have you limited God? Don't answer now. (laughs) Okay, principle number five, the love principle. We need to move. John chapter 14 verse 15, If you love me, keep my commands. Yeah. John chapter, uh, uh, 2 John chapter 1 verse 6, And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. And as you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. Now it's really important, please go and, and, and listen to the previous message. We spoke about the importance of reading things in context. Okay? Because some of you will go read Leviticus and come dressed in all sorts of <laughs> strange things. Because it says you can't mix the wool and the, and the linen. Like certain materials that you guys are wearing here is breaking the law of <laughs> Moses. You know. Just your fashion style is illegal. <laughs> right? And you can't, you know, certain dishes, <laughs> certain dishes on Sunday is illegal. Prawns and pork and all of that. But there's been a change. Now if you don't read the whole Bible, you won't know. And you'll tell us, no guys, we have to stop eating bacon in the morning. Okay, but the love principle, you will always do more out of love than you will do out of fear. Okay, and for married couples, we all know that, amen, hallelujah, right? It is really important that you understand. It says we love him because he first loved us. It is because of God's love. When you have a revelation of God's love, his commandments are not burdensome. Okay, you are responding out of, out of an encounter with love. Alright, so those are the five principles. First one, lordship. Second one, encounter. Third one, mirror. Fourth one, faith. Fifth one, love. Okay, now this is the problem with disobedience. You see that house? Who wants to live in in such a house? And this is only on the first rains. When the next rains come, the rest of the building will will crash. Take us to, to Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Many of us have this perception that life goes up and down. You know, you never know what will come. And, 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 right? Right. That's not a scripture necessarily. But the Word of God says, Therefore, everyone, this is Jesus speaking after the Sermon on the Mount. It says, Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down. The streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. How many of you care about the rain and the cold if you are inside a well-built house? You are not even, will you say, oh, storms, 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 storms telling everyone in the house about storms and all? No. You are busy watching your Netflix or reading your book or having dinner. The storms can be raging. Next one. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. And the rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. So the key here is build on the foundation. How do you build on the foundation? Apply the word of God. Clear? It's not about what you know. It's about how much you are applying. How many of you know a lot of the word of God? Many of us. But how many of us are applying what we know? Few of us. So that house is half built. You know? If you could see that house, it's almost like half of the house is built. That side is crashing. But at least we live in this side of the house. (laughs) In this room here, in this corner. But God wants you to apply the word of God in such a way that it's like it says in, in the Psalms. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Righteous run into it. And they are safe. Amen. All right, We're ending. I saw this quote. It says, don't go outside of obeying God to get something. Because you will have to stay outside of God to keep it. You wanted something, you know the word of God says no. Then you say, yeah, but I'm okay with disobeying God here. Then you, take <laughs> then you come home with it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> you bless me. <laughs> and for the rest of your life, you are uncomfortable, you know, until you get rid of that thing. Yeah. Tell your neighbor, it's never okay to, to, to carry all, all that disobedience with you for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. Throw it away from you. Fling it. Someone said it's like a a little child, sin, sin, holding on to sin is like holding on to a dynamite because you are enchanted with with that burning light. (laughs) You are on your way to destruction. And only a little child will do that because they don't know what dynamite is. It will blow away your hand and your face and you'll have a testimony later. (laughs) <laughs> that is not what you would have wanted. Amen? Okay, we have to close. Go back quickly. So, so King Saul, as we close. I want you to take time. Please write the scripture down. First Samuel chapter 15. Go read it at home. Look in the mirror. This is the prophet Samuel meeting King Saul. And we don't have time to go through the whole... Scripture, But what happened was, God gave Saul an instruction through the prophet that he was supposed to go and take vengeance on the Amalekites for the evil that they committed when Israel was coming from Egypt through their territories and they attacked them. So Saul was supposed to go back and destroy everything. Everything. Don't bring any prisoners. Everything. Even the animals. Everything. 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 Wipe it out. And you'll see later on how the consequences of not farming goes through to Esther and all that. Wipe it out. And then they go and they do battle and they wipe everyone out. And then the people decide, no, but I see some sheep here. (laughs) This is choice sheep. The Amalekites are good at farming. So let's just keep this sheep. It's for sacrifices. We'll keep this (laughs) sheep, and then we'll keep some of these goats and some of these cows, and we'll also spare the king, because it's it's a pride thing for kings to bring other kings, you know, into uh, in the procession as you come back home from battle. Right? They'll cut off the guy's thumbs and his his toes, and they'll do all sorts of things. It's part of their pride. It's spoils of battle, right? So then, King Saul, they come back, and then he goes to a place where they will now do these sacrifices. And what happens is they were supposed to meet Samuel somewhere else. So Samuel goes to that location. He doesn't find the people. Okay, They said no. They are in Gilgal. So he goes to Gilgal, and when he gets there, you know, some, uh, Saul is like, Ah, prophet. <laughs> How are you? And he greets and all of that. And then um, Samuel him, did, did you do what the Lord told you? Yeah, we surely did what the Lord told us to do. We wiped them out completely. And then Samuel says, Then what is this bleating, I hear, of sheep in my ear? No, you see, the <laughs> I wanted to tell the people that we must do everything, but the people started to say, No, we need, we need these sheep for the sacrifices. and all. So I brought these so that we can sacrifice them. To the Lord, our God. Hallelujah, Samuel. (laughs) Samuel said. Is God? Go there. Samuel said, has the Lord great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices? As in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. And to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. And Saul said, no. I had a good intention. Samuel said, it's over. Your neighbor will become king. And Samuel said... Saul, Saul said, No, please, please change it. He said, No, the Lord does not repent. Doesn't change his mind. Sover. <laughs> and as Samuel is turning around, Saul jumps on him and says, No! And and tears his tears his, his prophet outfit. <laughs> I love the Bible. Tears it. And then Prophet uses the uh, Samuel uses that to prophesy. He says, the same way. <laughs> <laughs> that this cloth has been torn f- from me. The kingdom has been torn from you. <laughs> and then that's not enough. Then Saul says, Okay, wait. You know, I'm an important man. I'm the king. I told the people we were going to sacrifice. Please come for the sake of my honor. Just stand next to me. I know I'm disobedient. <laughs> Just stand next to me while I'm offering. Just pretend that this is legit. And then the prophet says, Okay, let's go. <laughs> and he goes along with him. And it says, Samuel leaves him and he never sees him again. Again, till the day he dies. Later on, Saul goes to look for a witch doctor to call back Samuel. How the glory departs from a man's life. How the glory departs from a family. When the door is open to disobedience. And a seat is opened at the table for disobedience. Eat disobedience. Eat Eat. we have laid out a wonderful table for you, Mr. Disobedience. Enjoy yourself. This is your house. This is your home. And this morning, as we're talking about the Word of God, it's simple. You get the Word, you get obedience, and the fruit is salvation, deliverance, and freedom, and happiness, and joy, and all of that. So, amen. Let's stand. If you are here this morning and you are not born again, you don't have a relationship with Jesus, we don't want to close the service without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord and the Savior of your life. So if that's you, we want to pray with you this morning. will not you just raise your hand and we'll pray with you. If you are here this morning, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you that you need to make your life right with God. If you are here, just raise your hand and we will pray with you. Is there anyone like that this morning? If you're here and that's a decision you need to make, please see us after the service. We'll be waiting for you here. In the meantime, put your hand on your heart. Say, thank you, Lord. (laughs) You are my real Lord. And this morning I hear your voice. I choose to submit to you. I know that I don't know everything. But one thing I know is that Jesus is alive. He's coming back again. And I belong to him. This morning I ask Lord that you open up my eyes to your word. Fill me with your hunger for your word. Stir up my desire for your word. I commit this morning to esteem your word more than my food. And that you will continue to work in me. And reveal to me who I am in Christ. Thank you Lord. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, God, that you are transforming lives this morning, Lord God. You're equipping your people this morning, Lord God. You're filling them with your grace and your anointing this morning, Lord God. You're, you're breaking old mindsets, Lord God, and establishing the truth, Lord God. Thank you that we close the door on disobedience this morning, Lord God. That your grace is abundant, Lord God, to be able to help us To follow your way, Lord God. Thank you that your Holy Spirit is in us, Lord God. To will and to work and to act. That will desire exactly what is in your word, Lord God. And we thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Lift your hands. May God bless you. May he protect you. May your family be safe. May you prosper in your finances. May you prosper in your marriage. May you prosper in everything that you do. And may your time in the Word be rich and fruitful in Jesus' name. Amen. Be blessed. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.